0: Winter was here, and now we are just getting started talking about the most recent episode of Game of Thrones again, the... (laughs) You'd think I'd have this down cold for (laughs) that. Winter was here, and we are just getting started rewatching the final episode of Game of Thrones so far the dragon and the wolf on the Game of Thrones post show recap. And now, here are the two guys who can finally say, and now their rewatch is ended. I am Rob Sister here with Josh Wiggler. We did it. <laughs>
1: Just thought we should get the theme song to the Dragon and the Wolf right out of the way. There you go. Um, wow. It's done. We've we've rewatched every episode of Game of Thrones.
0: Good night, everybody. Thank it's you. That's it. Okay. it.
1: It's done. We don't even I don't even need those final six episodes. Yes, no. What a
0: what a setup it's been since way back, I believe it was in September of twenty seventeen. That is right. You and I restarted this rewatch. All the way back with the first episode of Game of Thrones. And now here we are ready for in uh, less than two weeks. We will see the next episode of Game of Thrones.
1: Here's a stat for you. Uh, I believe that we uh, our rewatch of Game of Thrones lasted. uh, I think probably like three months longer uh, than our uh, entire recording session of the evolution of strategy. Oh, yeah. So we've been at this for a minute is the point. Okay. Uh, and, you know, we you know, we skipped a couple of weeks here and there, whether for a holiday or a vacay or uh, we just wanted a buffer in between seasons at certain points. But since mid-September 2017, we have been chugging along through Game of Thrones. And when and when we started, when we were in the early days of this rewatch, we would get to points where we did not remember Anything from the early seasons of the show. Uh, then we started to have a really sharp memory for the early seasons of the show. And now we're back at the place where our memory of the early seasons of the show is probably pretty thin again.
0: Mm, yeah. Uh, you come and, full circle. <laughs> yeah. And also our memory of things that happened here in season seven uh, was kind of thin before uh, we watched it. And so a lot because a lot happens.
1: So we did we defeat? Is the purpose defeated? Mm, like, did, but
0: <laughs> we, did we have fun?
1: Did we we had a great fun? time. We had yeah. a great time. I've okay. had a blast. This has been spectacular, and I I do feel amped up, hyped, and ready to roll. For the final season of Game of Thrones, so uh, we'll have time to to do a a true eulogy for Winter was here uh, at another point in time. Why don't we set about the business of actually talking about the most recent episode of Game of Thrones here?
0: Okay, so here we are. Let's talk about the dragon and the wolf here. And so, really, uh, by uh, the the dragon and the wolf, uh, the titular dragon and the wolf, does that refer actually? To uh, not John and Daenerys.
1: Who would it be referring to?
0: uh, Would it be referring to
1: uh, Rhaegar and Lyanna? Ooh, yeah. I think that that's a nice alternate read.
0: We end up finding out that it's a little bit of, you know, the dragon and the dragon.
1: It's like the dragon and the half dragon, half wolf, half pig, drag wolf pig.
0: Mm hmm. Right. So, uh, maybe a, uh, the, the, the whole thing was right in front of our faces the whole time.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Indeed. It was R plus L equals J
0: <laughs> D plus W equals, uh, AT. A- 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 yeah. Okay. That's All it. Right. All right. So. This episode uh, really uh, spends the good like first like 25, 30 minutes of it on basically like uh, one big, long sequence in the episode. And then we bounce around a lot in uh, the second half of the episode. So we are getting ready because the Unsullied and the Dothraki are uh, outside of uh, the gates of King's Landing.
1: Yeah, uh, we're seeing the Unsullied roll up. They're, they seem like they're doing quite all right. We see the Lannister soldiers are prepared to meet them. Uh, everybody is descending on King's Landing because that very exciting moment is about to arrive, this meeting of the minds at the Dragon Pit. Uh, so everyone's on edge. Everyone's a little bit on alarm. Bronn and Jamie are the first two characters, first two main characters we're really getting to spend much time with in this episode. There's some debate about... Uh, what the Unsullied do in their free time, you know, when they get paid, what are they using that money for.
0: There's some jokes.
1: There's some obvious knock-knock jokes to be had about the Unsullied. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, there is... Uh, Bron says something about the fact that they're not spending gold on family because they don't have the parts with which to create a family. Uh, and Jamie responds with something lewd, which I will say. So cover your ears if you are if you are uh, if you are with children. Uh, although you shouldn't be listening to a Game of Thrones podcast, probably with small children. Jamie says maybe it really is all cocks in the end. Uh, and I feel like Ian McShane would have agreed with that hmm brother okay. ray who says who who famously once said that the show boiled down to nothing more than quote unquote tits and dragons is what he said game of thrones was all about mm-hmm. so i wonder so i wonder if jamie's line here is like a little bit of a a, a call out to, to the people who are the critics of the show the in mcshanes of the world maybe there's a little bit of a wink and nod to the people who are the game of thrones naysayers. Yeah, yeah exactly
0: Okay. All right. So we end up uh, getting a bunch of the people from the other side. Uh, John and Tyrion are going to be heading over on a ship. We see them as uh, they're approaching King's Landing. John wants to know how many people uh, live in King's Landing? Tyrion thinks it's about a million.
1: It's a lot of people.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, And John is wondering uh, why would so many people want to live crammed in there like that?
1: Yeah, well, because uh, cities are dope. Cities are dope. And Tyrion also adds, the uh, brothels are superior. Yeah, the brothels in King's Landing are better than the brothels in the north. I think the other thing that they're leaving out is like, it's less cold here mm-hmm. in King's Landing. It's very cold in the north. There's uh, better nightlife. There's better food scene in King's Landing than there is in the north. The people are far less serious yeah. in, than than they are in the north. Uh, there's a lot of reasons. I think I would go I would pick somewhere southern in Westeros Yeah, as but the opposed problem is the
0: north. it's so expensive to live in King's Landing that so many people have to uh move out to, you know, the riverlands and, you know, all the way up to uh in the north because they just can't afford uh the cost of living in uh King's Landing.
1: I think that the, the housing situation is going to be quite affordable fairly soon in uh, the area that was once the Sept of Baylor. Like mm. I feel like once they clean that area, up, people are going to be very afraid to live there. But you're going to be able to get a real good deal because they're going to want to gentrify the place. And uh, you'll have like some of the best views in town. Like And it's like on top of like holy ground. It'll it'll be cool. It'll be very historic. It'll be haunted. Uh, but aside from that, you know, <laughs> at least the wildfire seems to be used up at that point so you're probably in a safe space. Mm-hmm. So we
0: reset that we've got this white in a box that uh, the hound he loves messing with this thing.
1: Yeah, he really does. He's <laughs> like for for his sins, Sandor Clegane can't keep his hands to himself. Yeah
0: uh he cannot stop messing with this thing. Uh meanwhile, Cersei, Kyvern and Jamie, uh they are getting ready. Uh Cersei is going to uh give some instructions to the Mountain on who to kill first in case anything goes wrong. Yeah. She says, uh, "Start with the silver-haired bitch. That's number 1. Then 2" She says, our brother, that's Tyrion. And number three, then the bastard who calls himself king. And then she says he can decide any other order to kill everybody
1: else. Any other order that he wants. Uh, Yeah, that's that seems like a, you know, decent deal for the mountain. He's probably going straight for the hound at four, I would think. Uh, Mm -hmm. But Danny, Tyrion and john I'd kill Jon
0: Snow first. Yeah. Then I'd kill Daenerys and then Tyrion.
1: I think maybe you do want to kill Daenerys first because all she has to say is a word, Jacaris, and then you're ruined. Whereas Jon Snow is one swordsman against you know presumably like the, the City city watches there, and plus the mountain is okay. there. All right, yeah, but Tyrion should be yeah. last. Yeah, hey, I don't think he, I don't think Tyrion even needs to be top three. The other thing too is like I feel like this is anti Cersei to have Tyrion killed so easily, so quickly. Mm-hmm. You would think that she wants to send him to set the land uh but i guess not yeah also uh the mountain didn't have a pad do you trust him to remember that
0: order no yeah it's like when you go to a restaurant and the waiter is like uh just not even gonna write it down like yeah, you can write it down you're not even gonna impress me i it, i hate
1: that by yeah. the way that's one of the, my my big pet peeves in in the restaurant nope yeah. i got it i got it don't worry i got it nope My my wife has an egg allergy, which I've discussed before, and so often she'll have to alert the the waiter to the fact, like I'm allergic to eggs. I'm allergic to egg. And can you just like check and make sure that this like egg in all forms, like if it's baked into something, if it's used in a sauce, like you just have to check it. And oftentimes, like the person be like, yeah, this has no egg in it, and it's just like it's not comforting. Just check, just check. Mm -hmm. Just do Mm -hmm. the due diligence, if you don't mind, would be great. And also just write down the order and don't just memorize it, because I just don't believe that you're going to memorize it. I have no reason to believe that you have that skill. Just make me feel safer.
0: Okay, so we are going to now start to uh, bring everybody into the dragon pit. Uh, John, Tyrion, Jorah, the whole crew, Missandei, uh, Davos, uh, Varys, Theon, uh, the Hound, everybody's Coming in, we're going to come into the Dragon Pit. A lot of talk in this episode about how the Dragon Pit and how the Dragon Pit was bad and the Dragon Pit made the dragons get really tiny.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, it's like uh, the, the big up fish, the big fish, small pond ethos, I guess.
0: Yeah. And so uh everybody is going to start to head over there. We're going to uh, get greeted by Braun and the welcoming committee. Uh, sh- some shades of last week's episode where we have a lot of characters either meeting up for the first time or first time in a long time. And a lot of like a uh, very pithy dialogue going on.
1: I expect that this is very much going to be the case for, uh, you know, much of the final season. I think a lot of the final season is going to be this kind of character interaction where there are people who have either never met before or haven't seen each other in a very long time getting to have these kinds of scenes. So I think that this scene more than almost any other in the episode is a real preview of what's to come. Mm hmm. Yeah,
0: I especially like the Hound and Brienne uh, meeting right. up
1: after so much
0: time, and uh, Brienne says to the Hound, uh, "I thought you were dead," and the Hound, uh, "Not yet,
1: not yet." it <laughs> came pretty close, and she's like, "I'm only, I was only trying to protect her," and the Hound's like, "Yeah, me too." And then it's like, kind of like, oh man, if only we could have just seen eye to eye back then, but here we are together now. Like things seem to be fairly peaceful between Brienne and the Hound here, uh, and the Hound like appreciates the update that Arya is doing okay, that Arya is in Winterfell, and then the Hound is like, but if, if she's there and you're here, who's protecting her? Like, You know, the the Papa Hound is starting to emerge here, uh, and Brienne says, no one needs to protect her. The only one that needs protecting is the one that gets in Arya's way. Mm-hmm. And the, Hound, the Hound says, it won't be me. Yeah. So,
0: truce. The Hound had like a little bit of a uh, light in his eye when he heard that uh, Arya is doing good.
1: I think so, too. Proud Papa. Mm-hmm. I really think so. I think I think he's going to be very happy to see Arya. I, I'm i curious to see Arya's reaction to seeing the Hound. But I expect there's really no reason for these two to not let that be water under the bridge, don't you think? Like I feel like it's going to be good when they see each other again next. Well,
0: I think it'll be OK on the Hound's part. Hopefully Arya is as forgiving.
1: I think I think so. I, I, I think she will be. I think she will if be. If you recall,
0: I, Josh, back in the game of faces, uh, there was some question about whether or not uh, Aria liked the Hound or not.
1: And what did she say? <laughs> I don't
0: remember. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I think she was saying that she hated the Hound and she wanted him dead. And I believe and she, that got Arya she got hit. Aria hit her.
1: It's a lie. Yeah, it's a lie. She likes him. Game of Faces. And I, and I think Classy like Sansa. Game of faces. I think that Sansa is not going to be mad to see the Hound if she, you know, if she sees the Hound and the Hound's like, "Yeah, I got to fight for the living." She's gonna be like, "All right, you're going to be on the level this time." And Arya and Sansa by the end of this episode are very much on the same page. So I think I think the Hound is going to be a welcome presence in, in Winterfell. Yeah. I, th- I don't think it's going to be such a big
0: deal. Uh, Tyrion and uh, Podrick also are reunited uh, for the first time in uh, quite sometime
1: yeah nice to see those two guys together again mm-hmm. uh, and Bron and Tyrion are reunited as well and that's very fun and, and good yeah and
0: Tyrion is trying to recruit Braun back over. And then uh, Braun is talking about how, no, he's uh, he's fine. He's doing great. Uh, and uh, at the very least, that Cersei's not going to be mad at him. Uh, I think he might have a poor read on the situation because she did seem annoyed with him in uh, the previous uh, time we saw Cersei talking about Braun, But he felt like that, OK, bringing the traitors in in front of her, that was going to be ultimately a good thing for Braun.
1: That's certainly what he thinks. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see ultimately if Bron decides to stick around Cersei Lannister land. I I don't like his shot, to be honest.
0: Yeah, Bron is actually I think in a uh, very tenuous position here, where he, Jamie is like kind of his uh, protector, and Bron uh, of you know part in the pun is uh, become his uh, right hand man. But now as Jamie
1: rides off at the end of this episode, uh, I don't know who's vouching for Bron. I feel like the next scene, we'll see if Braun is him being like, Jamie, wait up! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, Braun said a couple episodes ago that I draw the line at dragons. So you can't imagine he's going to be stoked on White Walkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he's fighting with Daenerys, like if he's fighting on her side, then he doesn't have to worry about the dragons being against him anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, although there is still the matter of like a little bit of vengeance she probably wants to take out on him because he shot the crossbow bolt that hurt Drogon uh she might not know it was him She was very high up i think braun braun's gonna be going to winterfell like there's no reason to expect him to do anything else like he he the the self preservationist in him like you would think would avoid it because there's too much danger there but all of the money that he has been fighting for is with jamie lannister so he's gonna want to you know stick with the bank uh you know his personal checking account Plus, he likes Tyrion. So I think Bronn is going to he's going to be with the Lannister boys before long. All right. So
0: we are going to start to load in everybody to the dragon uh, pit. Um, I thought that there was an interesting sort of symmetry as uh, the Hound was talking with Tyrion before it gets started. And uh, the Hound wants to know, am I going to die in this city? I don't want to die. I left this city because I don't want to die in this city.
1: Yeah, I don't want to die in this shit city is what he said Mm -hmm. it's all your idea every bad idea has some Lannister bleep behind it
0: right and then uh, interesting uh, the Hound says uh, and this is all your idea seems like every bad idea has some Lannister C word behind it and Tyrion says and some Clegane C word to help them through it see through and we have this interesting synergy where Here's Tyrion with the Hound, and then Cersei is walking in with the Mountain
1: it makes you wonder about like is there this added layer to the Clegane Bowl that's going to be showing up in the final season because as we're about to talk about I'm sure that uh, there's a lot of Clegane Bowl hype momentarily in this moment uh, in this same scene Uh, but if if that's the line if every bad idea has a Lannister behind it and some Clegane to help them see it through are we going to see like Tyrion with the hound and Cersei with the mountain and it's going to be like some sort of like rock'em sock'em robots kind kind of matchup where Cersei is commanding the mountain and Tyrion is commanding the Hound and they're forcing them into battle and they're like they're, they're overlords in the Clegane Bowl
0: well I don't know if you necessarily need that added motivation like I don't think that uh, the Hound needs to fight the mountain for Tyrion like he seems yeah. like he is ready to do it uh, he would do it here I think if uh, they would let them
1: He's ready to go. Yeah. yeah, we get we get the scene where everybody piles into the dragon pit, and people are starting to take their seats. And the Lannister procession shows up, and John is there, and John and Cersei are staring each other down. Everybody is showing up, and the Hound just like walks right up to his dead-eyed brother, the Mountain, and he says, "Remember me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You're even uglier than oh. I am now. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the gif of the guy just falling at the camera. <laughs> everyone everyone losing their minds at the insult. <laughs> he says, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what they did to you. That's not how it ends for you, brother. You know who's coming. Mm. You've always known.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of mini scuffles uh, break out along the way in this summit. So Cersei seems like uh, she has someplace else to be and uh, she's annoyed. Uh, Where is Danny? She didn't travel. But here comes Daenerys on Drogon drogon makes a very dramatic entrance roars a bunch of times lets danny off so danny knew exactly like where her seat was where to go she sits down and uh cersei's like oh you know we've been here for some time we've been here for at least like five minutes yeah, it's
1: been like probably like two to three like, minutes not even probably like 40 seconds i would say yeah uh, you,
0: you were supposed to be here at three promptly okay yeah. <laughs> fashionably late what do you want mm-hmm. yeah I've been sitting here watching the hound and the mountain argue with each other for at least 90 seconds come on uh, 90 seconds too long <laughs> for sure yeah <laughs> I mean they could have had the Clagane ball as like uh, on the undercard
1: here <sighs> <laughs> that would have been fun. That would have been exciting. Yeah, just get it done.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, they're talking. Uh, they're or they're about to get into it, and now now Tyrion uh, is going to get interrupted by Euron Greyjoy. Wants to go off about Theon.
1: Yeah, just stop it, man. Like we don't listen. I understand if we need to resolve some Greyjoy business at some point down the line. And I'm saying this as somebody who used to really, really love Theon and maybe a little less enchanted on the storyline on this rewatch, especially because of Uncle Euron. Do not waste our time here at the Dragon Pit. Shut up. Sit back down. Yeah, you don't need to speak right now. Euron sucks up so much energy in this scene.
0: Yeah, even the characters are like, oh, "All right, all right, sit down, sit down. Listen, this is not about you. Stop it." Yeah.
1: Like we lost Littlefinger, so we can have Euron Greyjoy, basically, and it's just like, and that's that was not worth the trade.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, sit down or leave. Cersei tells him, "Okay, fine. All right, so." Tyrion, uh, you know, starts the proceedings said, look, we don't like each other. We can wage war without sitting here face to face. And Cersei is skeptical. Oh, what are we going to do? We're just going to live happily ever after and not not fight anymore. And John says, no, this is about the battle of the living versus the dead.
1: Yeah, this is about the real thing that Game of Thrones has been about all along. Yeah. Uh, and he starts to talk about how there's the army of the dead that is marching here. Uh, a million people in this city are going to be turned into minions of the night King. If they don't all do something about it, Cersei makes some sort of crack. Yes. Like, Oh, that would probably be pretty good for them. <laughs> Yikes. And uh, it's dark. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, John's like, I'm not joking. Serious. Come on. Yeah.
1: I don't joke. i never, I've never told a joke in my life. So I, I make um, a wry comment maybe every every once in a while uh Cersei's like not here for any of this She's Mm -hmm. like what you want a truce you want me to pull my armies back and stand down while you guys are going hunting monsters and or you want me to like team up with you like you really think that this is going to happen it's not gonna happen
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: Danny says look everybody's gonna be safe if
0: you know once we deal with the northern threat you have my word and Cersei's like really the word of a would-be usurper.
1: Yeah, wow, that was a now that was a real takedown. Uh, didn't you marry a usurper?
0: Oh. Oh no, you didn't. True. Yeah, no, no, I you didn't. didn't.
1: <laughs> he did. Yep. Yeah, He absolutely yep. did. Okay. All right.
0: Science it's, it's time for our <laughs> visual demonstration. Uh, uh, will the hound
1: please bring in exhibit A? Yeah, I like the practical demo. I think is helpful here. Uh, as the, the hound comes back, he has a a huge treasure chest on his back. Uh, it seems like it is a very heavy thing. He knocks it over in front of everybody. Uh, and the, uh, the white emerges and it is, uh, it is, it is very creepy for Cersei. She's especially like, kind of like, Oh God, this is no good.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And so this thing is going crazy. It goes after Cersei. It's uh, luckily chained up. The Hound pulls it back. He cuts it in half with a sword. It's still alive. It's freaking everybody out. And then John is like in infomercial mode at this point where he's like, there's actually now two different ways that you can go ahead and take this thing and put it out of its misery. The first is going to be with fire. So watch this. He's like doing uh, magic tricks.
1: Yeah, and he's like, but I'm not stopping there.
0: And if you act now, we are going to throw in this piece of dragon glass, which can <laughs> also be used. That even though it's a pointy thing, you could just that the thing has no flesh. You could just stick it inside any of the anywhere in this rib cage,
1: and it does it. It works. Yes. Yeah. So they could they can destroy him with dragon glass and fire. Mm. Uh, he could mention valerian steel he does not
0: right right uh again against the regular whites does the valerian steel just like stop them in their
1: tracks yeah, but he's mentioning White Walkers, too. Uh, yeah, He could right? say, like,
0: there's also a third way where if you kill one of the leaders of the whites <laughs>
1: yeah. with a Valyrian steel sword, it seems like a bunch of these zombies will just stop zombieing. It'll be done a lot faster. We
0: also suspect that if if we kill the Night King, then all of the whites and the White Walkers will also cease to function.
1: If you read Josh Wiggler's Final Path series at THR.com slash Game of Thrones, you will see this theory in writing multiple times. Mm. I don't read i'm sorry (laughs) you got you guys got any podcasts Mm. Uh, that's how i get my news all right Uh, but this is like a little bit more convincing right so i actually have the thing here and good 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 on john you know to have the 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 practical demo i think it was a great idea
0: yeah it's so convincing you're on Greyjoy says hey can these things swim no
1: no no uh like go i'm out of here i'm
0: taking the iron i'm taking the iron fleet and we're going back to the iron islands and everyone's like,
1: "Yes!"
0: Mm-hmm. So he's like, "What do you yes. mean? What are you doing?" He's like, "Look, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. I got, I got to leave. Yeah, I got to leave. I'm like, oh it's great,
1: like, now Euron is gone. That was that seemed out of character. Nah, mm. he's, a, he's a coward. Mm-hmm. He's run, it runs in the family. These guys run away at the first sight of trouble. Okay, so."
0: Josh, this is where I'm getting a little hung up here in this episode. Okay, so Cersei says, alright, so look uh, I'm not asking for any sort of assurances from Daenerys, but let me ask Ned Stark's son uh, I know that you are going to be your Ned Stark's son and your, your, your word means something so, um, okay, will you return to the north and then go back there and I don't have to worry about you guys?
1: Yeah, like if if I team up with you you promise that you won't fight me when it's all over and you'll just like mind your business and see what happens when the dust settles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John's like, ah, problem is with that I'd like to, but I was on a boat a few days ago and I had told, uh, I called Daenerys Danny and she was very uncomfortable and didn't like the nickname and it was a real faux pas, and I corrected the faux pas by then telling her that she's my queen.
0: I just blurted it out.
1: And I just blurted it out, and I shouldn't have done it, but I did it. And I'm a Stark, and I, I, you know, my word is my bond, uh, much like uh, that that guy from uh, Jerry Maguire. Mm. Uh, and my okay. board, and my bond is as strong as oak. Okay, so, Bob Sugar. Yeah, Bob. Yeah. Well, no, Bob Sugar. He was a scoundrel, but uh, Jerry O'Connell's uh, oh, okay. dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was yeah. a real. He, yeah. he was a traitor as well. <laughs> okay,
0: so Cersei says, "All right, well then, I guess there's nothing left to discuss here." Okay, so that's it. Um, the The dead will come north first. You guys deal with them, and then we're leaving. And everybody is like, "Smooth move, Ferguson." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, everyone's like, "You idiot! You blew it! <laughs> you, you blew it!" Look what you did, you little jerk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so John Snow
1: is going to be left home alone in yeah. Lee bottom by the yeah. end of this thing. E-
0: even Davos is like, "I wish you wouldn't have done that."
1: <laughs> there is nobody here that is on Jon Snow's side about this. We'll get into it in, in a little bit. Uh, okay. You know, once once everybody truly leaves. So, but like, uh, Bri- Brienne is, like, shady. Yeah.
0: Everyone's like, you the, idiot. Okay. <laughs> so that guy has,
1: doesn't speak for
0: all of us. <laughs> so, a uh, major bonehead move, uh, Jon Snow. But just talk me through what, what Cersei is doing here. Okay. So, Cersei storms off. Okay. So, fine. Cersei is, uh, she doesn't like that. Okay. Cersei's impulsive. Cersei has a bad temper. Okay. That's all. In character, then what's going to happen just to yada yada this a little bit. So Tyrion is eventually going to go talk to Cersei. And then Cersei is going to, I guess, let Tyrion discover like she is sort of like signaling that she's pregnant. Let's Tyrion discover that she's pregnant and then uses this pregnancy as sort of like a ruse to think that maybe she's a changed person. She comes back and pledges loyalty to everybody over here. Right. Right. So. This was all just like a dog and pony show of that she's like, all right, well I'm gonna ask Jon Snow this, then I'm gonna storm out, then I'm gonna let Tyrion come in, and then I'm gonna ask him, then I'm gonna let him uh, discover that I'm pregnant, and then I'm gonna go back, and then I'm gonna go ahead and say say all this. Meanwhile, I'm gonna send Euron Greyjoy to go pick up the golden Company, and I don't mean any of it.
1: Um, I mean the Euron piece, I think, is a little tricky to figure out the timing of. But I, I kind of read it as authentic for most of it of Cersei being like, oh, well, that was a stupid thing for you to say, Jon Snow. I'm totally not going to work with you so guys. She really now. did
0: get mad. She really yeah, she went so. back and then and then she was like, OK, I'll, I'll just I'll just lie to them. And then uh, just to uh, just to buy my time, like maybe she was impulsive, but then she sort of like thought better of it. I'm like, OK, well, this is what I'll do.
1: Yeah. And then I think like when she's talking to Tyrion and then she comes back and talks to everybody and says, all right, we're in. I think she's pulling the old Sandra Diaz twine and she has her fingers and her toes secretly crossed and she's not she doesn't mean what she's saying. I think at that point she's like, all right, I I'm I'm totally going to tell them that I'm in, but I'm actually absolutely not in at all.
0: Yeah. Although it does seem odd at the end of the episode where Jamie is like getting ready to uh, take all the troops north. And she's like, wait, what are you doing? It's like, I was joking. Like, that way I right. didn't want to, you know, you'd think they would have a, a meeting about it beforehand.
1: Well, yeah. Well, I don't think that she really trusts Jamie anymore, as we'll see in that scene. But I don't also think that she thinks at any point that he's actually going to head north and blow up her plan. But when he he says that he's going to do it. She, you know, briefly threatens to sick the mountain on him and, you know, ultimately can't pull the trigger. And I think that's because, you know, for all of her faults, I think she does still love Jamie. So she just like can't pull the trigger and execute him right then and there. Like she's a monster, but she hasn't gone that far quite yet. That may end up being her undoing because whenever Jamie reaches Winterfell, he's going to be able to be like Cersei totally, totally lied about everything.
0: And so going back to the John thing, this is very interesting in this episode where we end up finding out for real for, you know, uh, with uh, the assurances that John's father is actually not Ned Stark, but John actually pulls a very Ned Stark move here in this episode.
1: He's still a Stark. You know, he's going to have the line Stark. to Tyrion, you know, later on. You're a Greyjoy and you're a Stark. And he's a Targaryen and he's a Stark. And I think Targaryens themselves can also be a bit bullheaded. So maybe it's just like doubled down for Jon Snow uh, that he is not just from the noble house of House Stark, but also the Targaryens. You know, when you flipped the coin and they weren't insane, they were like superheroes. Uh So Jon Snow has like, I don't know. He's got like BTE, big Targaryen energy on top of everything Whoa. else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Tyrion's like, all right, I'll make this right. I'm going to go talk to Cersei. It should
1: probably be BDE, big dragon energy. Let's go with that. To, yeah. To correct that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Tyrion's going to go and, and try and talk to Cersei after Jon Snow is like making like this great overture of like, if if we can't tell the truth and the truth doesn't matter anymore and words don't mean anything. And Tyrion's like, yeah, that does suck. The more immediate problem is that we're (laughs) fucked. (laughs) It's it's such a great line. Uh, It's
0: a great line. Great line. So Tyrion's going to go talk to Cersei. Jaime, you know, uh, says basically goodbye to him because uh, from one idiot to another that, okay, uh, good luck in there. She's probably going to kill you. And so she uh, actually agrees to talk to Tyrion for a minute. Yeah, which is a surprise in itself.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad that she says that because it's a great scene. Great to see Tyrion and Cersei back together again for the first time since season four. uh, If you can believe it, it's been that long. Uh, And their scenes together in the early days of Thrones were so good so fantastic and so the fact that they're getting some time together again here uh when there's really no guarantee that they will get any time together at all after this moment i think uh it's it's a it's a, i think that this really acts as a great final scene between the two of them whether or not it ends up being that
0: yeah and Tyrion does apologize for killing tywin he says he did it after tywin sentenced him to death uh he did not kill joffrey but uh, that Cersei has a little bit of a different view on this. It just doesn't matter uh, if you didn't kill Joffrey, that you killed father. And then once you killed father, that opened the doors for the vultures to come. And she does blame the deaths of both Marcella and Tommen here on Tyrion for the vacuum of Tywin's leadership. I think that the and one is a little bit of a stretch.
1: I mean, maybe she's saying because by taking Tywin out of the equation, it left the Lannisters in a weakened position and it allowed for the situation where the High Sparrow was able to show yeah, up.
0: Yeah, but... If you, if you, just, if you, if you really think about it, uh, there was really only one person who was responsible for the rise of the faith militant. Yeah.
1: But I mean, really I don't know, that, like
0: uh, maybe like Tywin would have uh, said, Hey, you idiot, don't, uh, don't arm the faith militant.
1: Yeah. And so if Tywin had been around, Cersei wouldn't have made the mistake. So that's <laughs> fucking, uh, Tyrion's fault. Mm, okay. All right. Uh Tyrion turns around and he's like,
0: Alright, fine. You love your family. I destroyed it. Just kill me. Just kill me. Yeah. Is this he a bluff
1: here? Um, I think that Tyrion would not have been furious to have just been swiftly cut and mm-hmm. cut in twain in this moment. Um, I think that Tyrion's probably pretty tired. And if he has like an out that is just like being split in two. Very quickly, maybe mm-hmm. he's maybe he's up for that. Uh, but I think also he he knows that the only way he's going to be able to talk to his sister is if he's as strong as she thinks that she is. So for him to say something like that and to like really call her bluff, uh, maybe buys him a little more time in the room uh, or less time, as it were. But it's just it's he wants to double down here. I really mm-hmm. love the moment afterwards when he you know pours a glass for himself and a glass for her. And he says, I'm, I'm more sorry about the children than you could ever know. And she really doesn't want to hear it. Uh, and he says, I don't care what you think. I loved them. You know I did. You mm-hmm. know it in your heart, if there's anything left of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just a nice moment that I do think acknowledges that Tyrion is not, like, psyched about the fact that he has had to turn on his back on House Lannister. He really did love his niece and nephew. Uh, he loves his brother. He wishes that things were better between him and his sister. He wishes things could have been better between him and his dad. This is not like the scenario that he wanted. Uh, he's just moving with the tide as it, you know, swept him up. He had no choice but to go in this direction.
0: Mm-hmm. OK, so we are going to see where Cersei is uh, starting to like hold her stomach as Tyrion is talking about how. Uh, Danny is trying to make the world a better place. And uh, Cersei is uh, talking about how that she doesn't care about those types of things. She doesn't care about checking her worst uh, impulses. And she just uh, wants to do maybe what Euron did. Maybe Euron had the right idea, Josh.
1: Just get out of here. Get on a boat take take everyone who matters and leave on a boat and this whole time that she's talking about it she's as you say she's rubbing her belly and Tyrion uh he, he has the Kobayashi mug moment where he realizes she's pregnant and that's the end of the scene
0: yes yes and so uh Cersei and the baby Josh I want to talk about this for a second. Is it possible? Could you see an outcome for Cersei where maybe could this fourth child, the one that was not prophesied way back when, could this baby perhaps uh, change Cersei? In what way? Could you envision a scenario where... Cersei and Jamie and baby get out of this thing alive and can can go off to go live uh Casterly Rock or some other place and just be happy with the baby but not power.
1: Uh hard to do that. Hard to picture that. I think that I think that uh Cersei has has bought herself an ending that is not quite that happy. Uh I have an easier time envisioning the scenario where Cersei has destroyed the Starks and Targaryens and is still sitting on the Iron Throne at the end of this thing and if the final message of Game of Thrones is just a very bleak uh power is power. Uh but I, I think any any scenario where Cersei is able to peacefully live her days out in casterly rock hard to picture who would let that happen Mm -hmm. Let like you know in terms of any of her enemies but even in terms of Cersei herself that just does not seem like the life that Cersei would choose to live
0: she's lost so much but at her core we always come back to you know Cersei the mother and she had that all of that stripped away from her but then We do have this interesting development here where she could potentially have one last shot at, you know, being a mother to somebody. And I just wonder if maybe that could be something, one thing that grounds her back to this world where she's in complete. uh, I don't give a fork mode here in season seven. Could the baby maybe change that?
1: It could maybe change her outlook, but I think that her actions have uh, closed those doors for her. I, I just think that no one would allow that to happen. I, I don't think that there's a character on the show that that would allow that to happen. For Cersei to live out her days happily ever after being you know the mother to a child somewhere. Jon Snow
0: would say that she has to die. She can't just go if she's going to abdicate the throne.
1: Yeah, Jon Snow knows what it's like to uh, to raise a child or knows what it's like for a child of great importance to be raised by another, Mm -hmm. uh, he being that child, you know? So I think that John could order Cersei's execution or imprisonment or whatever, and foster that child, uh, or somebody else on the show. Like you could imagine, you know, if this, uh, this, this, theory that I'd, I'd had along the way of Tyrion and sansa somehow reconciling and like for the sake of politics and the good of the land deciding that they should probably try and uh make the marriage work so that everybody can see that peace is still possible in the realm like you could imagine them adopting cersei's child mm-hmm. uh i think that there's you know there's potentially a happy ending for the child i think for cersei's involvement with the child that's a lot harder for me to see
0: okay All right, so let's go then and uh, see Tyrion return to the dragon pit. Danny and John are going to have a moment talking about the dragons, uh, about Daenerys is like holding up like a little tiny dragon jaw. Look, look what they did. Look what they did to them. They made them get so tiny.
1: Little baby dragons. Yeah,
0: that the older Targaryens uh, then used to walk around with dragons in their purse, and it was... Very insulting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Toy dragons. Toy dragons. Okay. Uh, Tyrion comes back and he's not dead. He's not. He's alive. He has survived and he comes back and he brings Cersei uh, and Cersei comes to them with her offer. Her offer is she's not going to make her army stand down. She's not going to pull them back to the capital. She's going to march north to fight alongside everybody in the Great War. Everybody needs to face the darkness together, and perhaps once this is over, you'll remember that I chose to help with no promises or assurances from any of you.
0: Mm, Okay. I
1: expect not. So
0: Cersei is in.
1: Cersei is in.
0: Like Flynn. All right. So everybody's excited. I would love to see what happened then in the moments following where everybody's like, oh my God, that is so cool. That is so cool of you. We didn't, we never thought that this was going to happen. Like you, that is, that is
1: really awesome. Cersei.
0: It's like, yeah, ah, me, you guys.
1: Yeah. Little do they know it's opposite day. Mm-hmm. Everything she says is a lie.
0: mm mm-hmm. Okay. Uh so let's go up to Winterfell because we have a lot to do with Littlefinger and Sansa.
1: Yes, much to do with Littlefinger and Sansa. Uh the final few things for Sansa to do. Yeah. And so Or Littlefinger rather.
0: Uh they are talking about okay, hey, did you hear John bent the knee to Daenerys? Uh
1: yeah, that seems like uh that seems like a, a questionable choice, Sansa.
0: Oh, but I hear that she's very attractive and, you know, John is single.
1: Yeah, they're probably going to do it on a boat. Mm,
0: yes. OK, uh, but Sansa doesn't get it. Uh, even though Littlefinger is just like have an alliance, um, but she doesn't get it and uh, doesn't get what. What is Arya up to also?
1: Yeah, she doesn't know. And Littlefinger is saying, like, do you think Arya would really kill you? And Sansa's like, yeah, she's a faceless man.
0: Hmm. OK. So Littlefinger does something. He has a little exercise in uh, these uh, scenarios that he tries to think about, you know, people's motives.
1: Yeah, He likes to imagine the situation of like, what's the worst possible thing that anybody could want in this moment in time?
0: hmm. Yeah. And so like, OK, well, what do you think? What do you, what do you think that Arya could be up to? And they arrive that maybe she wants to be the Lady of Winterfell.
1: Yeah, and so it's like, "Oh, man." Mm, so That's crazy. I didn't that, even think
0: th- th-
1: about that. Is that
0: is crazy. So we got to watch out for Arya.
1: Yeah, she's definitely somebody who could uh pose a real threat to Sansa Stark.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Uh this game that Littlefinger plays also though. Uh not as bad as the Game of Faces.
1: No, this is a pretty good game actually. Okay. I mean, I think that this is a useful tool. But what is the worst possible thing that somebody could do to you is probably can help you out of a few jams. It could also uh, drive you into like a paranoid spiral, uh, Mm -hmm. but it could also potentially help you quite a bit.
0: What is the worst thing that somebody could be trying to do to you, make you rewatch all the stuff in Karth?
1: <laughs> yeah, that would not be great. I don't know. If that's the worst possible thing that you could do to me. Just generally, mm. uh, probably some form of physical torture would be worse. Uh, but this is—I think Carthy is probably a close second. Okay,
0: all right. Let's go and then uh, check in on Danny and John as they're in this big planning meeting. Of how are we going to get to the north? What are we? What are we doing here? How are we all going to get there? We can't all fit in one car.
1: Yeah, I love that this has to be like a conversation that is featured in the episode of like literally like just like figuring out carpooling arrangements. Like Mm -hmm. we really need to set up the fact that John and Danny are going to be on a boat together.
0: Yeah, Uh, I think we need to set up. Why doesn't Danny just fly her dragons to the north?
1: Yeah, I guess I guess you need that to be in the show, because otherwise that's just what she would probably do. If we (laughs) got that without any explanation, it would seem a little bit jarring. But you know what? I'd rather cut this scene so that we could have some of that Bran and Sansa explanation of why (laughs) Littlefinger is about to get got. I think I could sacrifice this for that. All right. Um,
0: Let's talk about Theon a little bit.
1: I like this scene. I'm you do? Sure. I, I feel like that this I, is I do, the most like yada yada ball of the uh, entire episode. No, I think it's good. I think it's a good I think it's a good moment for Theon as a character who has been through quite a lot. And I feel okay. like this is like I don't know how much further they need to go with Theon as a character. I hope we don't see like a crazy amount of him in the final season but i think that this moment between him and john is oh, uh, yeah, note no, for him theon and
0: Rachel. john is fine. i feel like what comes after that i feel like is Sure, Zara, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, 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 that's fine.
1: okay. all right.
0: so uh, theon wants uh to tell john like hey, i know everybody's giving you a lot of crap right now, but uh i thought that that was kind of kind of awesome what you did to, with cersei. you told her the truth.
1: yeah, and theon's like you've always known what's right. even when we're all we you were young and dumb, you always knew. every step you take, it's always the right step. Yeah. Every every move you make
0: mm-hmm. is always the
1: right move.
0: Mhm.
1: Yeah. Uh and John miss, says miss it, it is like that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 every net I take uh, and and John's like, look, it just looks like that, you know. The, the optics on me are quite good, but I promise you, every decision has been really, really difficult, and I've done some stuff that I really don't feel so good about. And Theon says, not compared to me, and John's like, no, Correct. definitely not, yeah, definitely not, definitely yeah. not. You de- you you actually you actually absolutely are worse than I am.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Theon is very conflicted about uh, his whole life. He never knew what to do. Is he Stark or Greyjoy. What am I?
1: Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, like, I wanted to impress my dad. And John's like, our dad was your dad. And Theon's like, I know. John's like, and you betrayed him. And Theon's like, I know. I know. And John's like, but he's still in you. Yeah. He never lost him. He's still part of you. Like, he's a part of me. Mm-hmm. And he says, look, you don't have to decide what you are. You're a Greyjoy and a Stark. What? I can be both? It is, it is just music to Theon's ears. This oh, is what gives that. him the pep in his step yeah and you know this is good if john at some point in the future can have the wisdom to hear his own advice right like you know i'm sure he's going to be very upset when he finds out the truth about his secret origin uh but i feel like the fact that he's uh he's both a stark and a targaryen like that's great he's a little awkward with daenerys but other than that it's great he's a stargaryen stargaryen
0: yeah all right so Theon's got a little pep in his step now. And he says, that's it. We need to go find Yara.
1: Yeah. And then this part, we can Yara Yara. Yeah. I'm fine. Yara Yaring this. Big, he gets into a fight. long
0: fight sequence. Theon is getting his ass beat. Yeah.
1: And then he gets like, he's really getting his ass beat. And then he gets need in the crotch. And because he's been, uh, he's had his, his favorite toy removed. He's able to sustain a knee to the crotch as if he has like the 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 locked underwear from robin hood men and tights on (laughs) you know but like i'm pretty sure that's not how it works i I believe that
0: lieutenant frank drebin also uh, has a similar pair in the naked gun 33 and a third when he drops the soap in jail
1: i recall i remember that Mm. as well yes But I feel like like just because he doesn't have, you know, genitalia anymore, like I still feel like if he's going to get need that hard in that part of his body. by a guy who has already ruthlessly pummeled him into the ground, like he's not even going to flinch.
0: Is it possible, a la Jamie Lannister, that he has some sort of a a golden (laughs) replacement
1: a gold member, uh, as it were. it <laughs> looks like the kind of guy who would like a I smoke in l- a pancake. I love gold. <laughs> Don't
0: tell the Iron Bank.
1: and a blintz. Oh, uh, but I feel like if he had that, then this guy who is beating him up uh, once he like put his knee into the gold member <laughs> would be would be howling in agony because he would would will have just like he was shattered shot. his kneecap. Shocked in cap. disbelief. Yeah. (laughs) So the other thing I don't like about it is like if this was going to be like sort of like um, the Theon superpower gag, like now it's kind of wasted on whatever fight comes between Theon and Euron, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe this was a better, uh, better reveal for the Theon and, and Euron stuff. And I feel like this whole scene could have been removed and you could have just been left with Theon saying, like, I should go find my sister. And John would be like, why are you still talking to me? And then we can move on with the episode and we don't have to see Theon recruit the Iron Islanders. And it could just be enough that Theon and the Iron Islanders show up and save Yara next season. Like, I don't think that like we need to see the process of how Theon rallies the Iron Islanders. No one cares enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nobody cares.
0: Okay. All right. So then let's uh, go see. Oh, we gotta have a big meeting back at Winterfell.
1: All right, let's kill Littlefinger. Littlefinger, time to die.
0: All right. So Arya is summoned before the uh, Star Council. Again, another real dog and pony show, and I'm not sure why.
1: Uh, Because it's more fun this way. Was everybody in on it? Uh, I can't imagine Jan Royce knew. Mm. Jan Royce seems pretty surprised. He's like,
0: What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So then it's really. a whole situation where all right let's bring bring aria here i mean like what does little finger think is going to happen aria is going to be like sentenced to die in front of everybody
1: yeah this is what he's foreseen and he's never been wrong yet so he should, has no reason to think he's going to be wrong now yeah
0: so Sansa opens things up so uh uh you stand accused of a uh, murder you stand accused of a uh, treason Lord Baelish, he's like uh excuse Whoa. excuse me uh, a baking powder,
1: oh my God, yeah, yeah, how he's, do you answer he's, charges he's,
0: he I, is shocked what
1: oh what and uh Sansa, forgive me, uh, I don't understand
0: permission to uh speak with uh the council uh, in an adjournment
1: denied <laughs>
0: denied." Yeah, he's not allowed to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And Ari is like, uh, yeah, my sister asked you a question, so you can answer it.
1: Yeah, so Littlefinger, this is it. Jig is up. Yeah. They call him out on everything. They call him out on like, you killed Lysa. He's like, Yeah, I did that to protect you. Uh yeah, but you killed John Aaron with with Aunt Lysa.
0: Mm-hmm. He's like,
1: uh, no. Yeah. And there's like, the whole like, and you tried to turn Ari on me, and you tried to get me to kill her, and you also, you tried to kill my dad, and you betrayed him, and Littlefinger's like, no, I didn't, I, your dad and I were great friends, and Bran's like, yeah, but with my magic powers, I can go back in time and see the moment where you held a knife to his throat. Littlefinger's like, oh, I didn't factor in the magic powers.
0: mm Hmm. One of the things I did like about this was that Sansa calls out Littlefinger for setting Kat and Lysa against each other. And the fact that he is now trying to turn two other uh, uh, sisters against each other. uh, I I did like that as a little bit of a through line.
1: I think that there aren't. um, I think that there are some good ideas in the way that the show executes. Littlefinger, you know, I think that the fall of Littlefinger has some good ideas baked into the premise, like a merge cake. Uh, I think that that's cool. I think it's cool that this is um, mirroring what he had attempted to do with Catlin and Lysa, uh, trying to do that again with Sansa and Arya and history repeating itself. I like the idea that Littlefinger is, you know, the, the carefulest manipulator on the planet has always been able to, to, to walk through chaotic downpour, like tears in the rain. You know, he's able to, to Neo his way through every single bullet fired at him uh, until he runs into magic in the form of Bran Stark. It can't account for magic. It can't, Account for the fact that this kid is going to be able to literally see what you 've done, uh, I think that that is fun thematically with what the larger Game of Thrones story is that none of the political wheeling and dealing matters in the face of the white walkers but i don 't like the execution of the execution of little finger mm-hmm. you know I think that like the, the scenes that we 've had to endure to get to this point were just kind of insufferable and just not well written and I think like even the fact that like there is something that apparently has been left on the editing room floor of Sansa and Bran getting together to talk about like, uh, is Littlefinger serious about this? Like, you know, like finding out like how Bran is going to get drawn into everything. Like just the, the way that it's all conveyed to us is very sloppy. I think in terms of this being Littlefinger's downfall makes a lot of sense to me ultimately as far as how you write that character out. I just think that the, the presentation of it leaves a lot to be desired. Though Aiden Gillen does a great job in his final scene. He acts the hell out of this scene.
0: Yes, he is flailing. He orders the Knights of the Vale to take him back to safety in Erie. And Jan Royce says, uh, I think not.
1: I think <laughs> not.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Sansa calls back to uh, what is the worst thing that a person could do? Uh, and she's thinking about it. Could Littlefinger's motive be to try to get Sansa and Arya to turn against each other?
1: Yeah. And she says, I'm a slow learner, but I do
0: learn. Yep. And uh, so they do cut Littlefinger's throat with that same cat's paw dagger that he uh, basically started the War of the Five Kings with. So there is some poetic justice. I also like that Littlefinger is like still trying to talk, but his throat has been cut and now he's uh, unable to use his greatest weapon, which is his words.
1: Yeah, you know, you get that away from him and there's really not much else he can do. Uh, So, yeah, I think, you know, it took me a little while to get good with like the literal manner in which Littlefinger is killed. Like him just getting like his throat slashed felt fairly violent and maybe not. I don't know. It just didn't feel like poetic enough in, in the moment. But I think what you just said is is really apt. Like I think that this is a guy who has caused so much damage by being able to whisper in people's ears, uh, and for his final moments to you know, to be denied the power of his voice as he's dying, I think is a pretty strong statement in sending that character mm-hmm.
0: out. He once, you know, held the knife to Ned Stark's throat. So, totally, there's, totally. You know, this is, so there are some things here in terms of like the actual scene where Littlefinger dies. It's just the the ride here.
1: Yeah, I think it's the ride. I think, like, if the ride had been crafted a little bit better, I think a lot of the, the pieces of it are great. Like, I think the pieces of, like, the Stark sisters being the one to take him down, I think the the magic thing being part of it, of that, like, you know, fitting really thematically with the greater story of Game of Thrones is good. I just think the, yeah, like you said, I think, like, the the actual, you know, the actual walk-up to this moment is, is kind of blah, but... The way he, you know, the the fact that he goes because of these people, I think, is is totally fine by me.
0: Like for instance, why did Littlefinger need to turn Sansa against Arya so badly? Right, exactly. Doesn't really know, buy an him anything. Yeah, I don't have an answer. I don't know. Is that 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 he wants to be the only voice in Sansa's ear, and that yeah. uh, he wants Sansa to basically have like a coup d'état and take over for John, but then Arya is going to block that.
1: And he sees like too much Stark in the other Starks, you know, like he sees too much Ned Stark in Arya. He sees too much Ned Stark in John. Mm-hmm. He sees he sees a lot of Catlin in Sansa. Uh, he misses the Stark in Sansa, I think, is one of his big failings, ultimately.
0: OK. All right. So let's see Cersei and Jamie. and Jamie is getting the troops ready. And Cersei's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't do that, you idiot. Yeah. It's like, I- I'm getting ready. You pledged our forces. She's like, I was
1: lying. Yeah, I had my fingers and toes crossed. Dude, she, come on. Yeah, idiot.
0: Yeah. It's like, we I, we made a promise.
1: Yeah, she's like, I'm Cersei Lannister. Yeah. You can't trust anything I say.
0: That's right. Yeah. And uh, Cersei is uh, talking about how uh, their kid is going to rule Westeros.
1: Yeah, our child's going to rule Westeros, and that's going to be great. And Jamie says, yeah, but that's not going to be so great if the army of the dead comes here and kills our kid and kills all of us. Like, what are you talking about? Why are we not mm-hmm. fighting? And Cersei says, well, how about we just let everybody kill each other? Let and, the and monsters if, kill each other. Yeah. yeah. We'll, and we'll figure out what to do when, once all of those people are dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and Jamie's like, uh, don't you understand? Like, uh, we need to pick a side here because if we uh, don't do anything, then the dead will come down and kill us. And then if the living wins, then they will come here and kill us.
1: Yeah, and Jamie's also like, and who knows, like, if we go up there and we show like a really good fight and we end up like proving ourselves to be pretty cool people that are super helpful in the pinch and we all survive this terrible thing together, like, maybe people will look at us differently and be like, hey, Cersei, you're actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You you don't get to be queen anymore, but you can be my friend. hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cersei also is able to say, uh,
0: wasn't it weird they only had two dragons here?
1: Yeah, Cersei definitely got the spoilers that's not like uh that's not like a prediction that she's just coming out with on her own mm. she definitely she definitely was on message boards and found out about Viserion <laughs> yeah and she's
0: uh I think the, the, the dragons are vulnerable yeah
1: dragons are vulnerable Call me they crazy. can be killed yeah, yeah just
0: a hunch just a hunch okay and then she drops that, uh, you know, you didn't listen to father. You were too busy, but I paid attention and he talked about gold. And so we have all of the Tyrell gold and I just bought the golden company. They're awesome. They have elephants.
1: Yeah. Euron's going to pick them up. He's going to put elephants on a boat. Like, it's going to be really what? cool. Euron yeah. is still in the picture. Yeah, and she didn't tell Jamie because Jamie was uh, a turd box who talked to Tyrion and she doesn't trust him anymore. hmm Yeah. Jamie's
0: like, I'm leaving. I'm I'm going north. You can't stop me. She says, that's treason. Uh, that's treason? treason? It's yeah.
1: Disobeying your queen. What would you call it?
0: Mm. He's like, You you can't stop me. And uh, Cersei says, uh, nobody's gonna walk away from me.
1: Yeah. Uh but he's gonna start to walk away yep. and then she unleashes the mountain tries to get the mountain to and sword yep yeah but
0: she's bluffing she lets him go
1: ultimately she does
0: yeah and we see Jamie me ride off right away from King's Landing and he notices as he goes to put on his riding gloves that oh what's this A little snowflake has fallen on Jamie's glove for the first time at least in the present timeline uh, that we see snow in King's Landing.
1: Yeah. Winter in the South. Uh, So it's going to be full on winter mode in, in the final season of Game of Thrones. Winter was here in this podcast, but it's just getting started in Westeros.
0: All right. So, Josh, another big scene here at the end of season seven. Sam has finally made it to Winterfell. Sam's back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Charlie Tar- in the house. Right. And so uh, Sam is not sure if Bran remembers him. Of, of course, they met uh, going through the wall. And Brand uh, never forgets anything. Uh, he also explains how he became the three eyed raven. He can see everything. And this really uh, cracked me up in the episode. I'm not sure if this was uh, meant to be intentional. So he ends up like explaining the whole thing with the uh, th- being the three eyed raven. And then he wants to know from Sam. Oh, what are you doing here?
1: yeah <laughs>
0: like, you just said you know everything
1: yeah yeah when bran is this super powered it does uh make him probably a, an awkward character to write consistently uh mm. because yeah he should know the answer to sam's question mm-hmm.
0: yeah okay uh and then because then a, a second later then uh, bran talks about john is on his way back and and sam's like oh you saw this in a vision he's like no i got a raven
1: Alright, it's like, oh I forgot that people communicate by ravens. I by just see ravens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. All right. And so also then we see John needs to know the truth. Uh Brand is saying that his last name is not snow, it's sand.
1: Yeah. he's John Sand, which really does not roll off the tongue the same way. John Sand. This is also
0: baffling to me that He knows about the birth of Jon Snow, but not about then. He didn't like do his due diligence and go and look up the wedding.
1: Yeah, he probably would have had access to that, you would think.
0: You would think so. And it's not until Sam mentions it that then Bran is able to access that. Did he just not think to look that up? I guess. I, I guess that's how it worked. Yeah. And then we end up going back to a secret ceremony and we end up seeing the marriage of Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark.
1: Yeah. And I am yours. You are mine. Father Smith, warrior, crone, stranger, yes. blah, yes. blah, blah.
0: Yes. And we learn that Robert's rebellion was built on a lie. It was
1: not true. None of it was real. Rhaegar didn't kidnap my aunt. He loved her. And she loved him. Mm. And as Bran is saying this, something is happening in a boat coming towards Winterfell.
0: Hmm. Yes. And this is very odd that this is all intercut this way. I have to
1: say again. Yeah, man, it's strange. It's definitely weird. Uh, this is supposed to be a really powerful moment Of Jon Snow and Daenerys Two powerful Targaryen powerful moments are happening
0: at the same time But connected Yeah, This is not like chocolate and peanut butter
1: It's like It's like chocolate and moldy peanut butter Like I don't know It's like uh,
0: Peanut are, butter
1: and it's like It's cheese. like chocolate yeah. and meatballs Yeah <laughs> it's, it's like thick chocolate thick. and like a thick like Sunday gravy Yeah I mean, I love a good chocolate bar and I love a good Sunday gravy. I'm not mm. going to like dip a chocolate bar into a big bowl of Sunday gravy and eat the two of them together. It's weird. Yeah. And so to see John and Danny making the bond and also finding out simultaneously that John is the heir to the Iron Throne and you can do the math and realize, oh, um, God.
0: Yeah. Unless our reaction is supposed to be one of horror.
1: Yeah, maybe. But I don't think that that's I don't think that's they, what they wanted. I, I don't know what they want. I don't know what they want. It's definitely cognitively dissonant. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's confusing exactly what tone they want us to take away from this moment.
0: Right. And so John knocks on the door and Daenerys answers and uh, we see them together in Congress.
1: Yes. No, they're in bed.
0: Yes. In the sexual congress. And Josh, for our for our listeners who complain. Stop.
1: That- no, you do it. I'm done. I'm done. I don't know when I became I suppose, like the porn expert.
0: Yeah, John didn't go for the patented Lord's Kiss here.
1: No. Yes. He yes. We see his butt, and it's a healthy amount of his butt that we see. Yes. Yes. Also, we
0: see earlier in the episode the, in the conversation with, uh, when they're waiting for a Tyrion to come back, uh, Danny talks about the dragon says, uh, the dragons are my children. They're the only children that, uh, that I can never have. I can't have children. And John was there. How do you know that? And she's like, Oh, the, the witch that killed my husband, uh, told me that. And as I said last week, the, not a reliable source of information.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, uh, more and more convinced. I think that, uh, John and Daenerys having a child uh, from this moment makes a lot of sense to the the dragon has three heads yes. prophecy and all of that.
0: What do you think of this? Of uh, OK, Danny has a baby. Cersei also has a baby at a very similar time. And they are fast both-
1: forward 25 years and they are forced to swap lives for a week because of some oh, other no. people's. bet.
0: No. they get swapped in the nursery and they end up going home with the wrong baby. Oh. spin off devious. yeah devious okay all right so then we end up going to cut we cut back from the from the go john going in we see then lyanna giving birth to john snow
1: but really his name is aegon targaryen dumb that part's dumb uh, Rhaegar already had a child named Aegon. There's no reason for him to have two children named Aegon. That's Targaryen. his favorite name. He get a different. He name. names them.
0: He's like George Foreman.
1: That's so dumb. Although George Foreman named all of his kids George, that Rhaegar Targaryen names all
0: of his kids Aegon.
1: Just name them. Name them something different. Mm. Egon. Egon. Egg two. Egon Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we uh,
0: hear Bran uh, talk about that. John Snow was never a bastard. He needs to know. We need to tell him.
1: Yeah. Well, he's gonna find out. It's gonna be very uncomfortable. Yes.
0: Uh, I would love if, like, uh, sort of like, uh, you know, John and Danny are like sleeping in on the boat, and then like Sam comes running in, like kicks the door, in, like John, John, there's something I have to tell you. Like, uh, can it wait, Sam? And like, no, wait.
1: Ah, this is weird. Yeah, it can absolutely. <laughs> <wait>. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Will they deal with this on the show? Will, uh, will Will we have like a John and Danny moment of? Huh.
1: You gotta imagine, probably. Yeah. Um. Though again, I still think that it's not impossible that like John's. Fate is to be this unsung hero that he has all this destiny on his side and he will save the day and he'll die in the process and it will all be without any of the glory. Uh, that, you know, Sam and, and Bran will decide. That there was no a there was no good way or right time to share the news to Daenerys or anybody else about John uh, being her nephew as well as her lover uh, and potentially baby daddy. Yeah. Uh, but that that there's just going to be no reason to say any of that stuff by the time that Jon Snow is potentially dead by the end of the show. Okay. But then the other option is that they're just going to have a very uncomfortable conversation and things are going to be super awkward between John and Danny really really quickly. So they
0: may never find out about that's the, I the think one it's would, possible so here's the other part of it so uh, that uh, i thought this was really interesting to uh, talk about uh from uh hearing this again so yeah we hear he's never been a bastard he's the heir to the iron throne how do you think danny is going to react to this news if she discovers this of wait a second after all this now because of this uh un. Unveiled paternity uh, ruling that actually Jon Snow is the rightful heir. I mean, I mean it, Aegon Targaryen.
1: Yeah. If we really, if we really get lost in the weeds on that stuff in the final season, like it has the potential to be worse than the Arya and Santa thing that mm-hmm. we just dealt with. Well, so, how
0: I, would Danny handle that? Would D- would Danny be like, huh? Like, I, I feel like that John wants no part of. it. Like, I think John would abdicate. Yeah, Daenerys. of course.
1: But she might just still be like, "Yeah, but I can't get over that." Also, the fact that you're my nephew is really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that the closer we get to the final season and having to confront these answers, uh, there there are some unfortunate possibilities behind some of these doors. Very curious to see how they Hodor. proceed with this one.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, we may not love how uh, it all goes down.
1: Yeah, I think that's entirely possible. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So then we see Sansa and Arya. It's so a nice nice scene. I uh, wish Dad was here. You
1: yeah, know, I love this. Love I, I love that they're back together. I love that they're on the same page. I would expect that we have seen like the last major argument between Arya and Sansa, other than like, you know, like a, a, a in the moment strategy decision or something like that at the Battle of Winterfell if we get there. Um but it's good to see them together again. I like them when they're friends.
0: Yeah. And, you know, they talk about how Father said the lone wolf dies but the pack survives.
1: Yeah. I miss Dad.
0: Now. That's right. Miss yeah. him. Okay. Very sweet. All right. Finally, Bran is sitting at the Godswood and he's having a vision of something that is happening up at Eastwatch.
1: Yeah, and what's happening up at Eastwatch? is not good not good
0: so uh we see that beric dondarrion is still there tormund is still over there and we see something uh, coming across it is the army of the dead
1: it's the night king and he's got a dragon and it's like come on man this guy didn't need a dragon that's mm. the last thing he needed we we were we were the ones with the dragons that was our advantage right but what is the
0: advantage
1: yes this is not an advantage not who has for- it
0: what is the advantage got it okay and here comes the dragon of viserion now uh the knight viserion yeah
1: the they call they like to call him an ice dragon uh officially but I feel like the ice dragon and and an undead white dragon. I feel like those are different things. But if you want to just go with the show's terminology, it's an ice dragon and it's the Night King's ice dragon. The the artist formerly known as Viserion and he breathes blue fire and it is very destructive. And after several blue fire drive bys, fly bys. They're able to blast this gigantic hole in the frickin' wall, and so many people are killed in the process. Maybe Torment and Barak.
0: Mm, I think they'll be
1: okay. I think they'll be fine. Yeah. The night
0: of the episode, I'm like, oh, I guess those guys are dead, but uh, yeah. I think they'll be all right.
1: Yeah, we've kind of seen them in the trailer for the season. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. They're probably going to be Maybe fine. flashbacks. Maybe flashbacks. Maybe, maybe. But I think that they're probably going to be okay, except for maybe Barak will probably ultimately be dead, but Torment's going to be fine.
0: Okay. And then the army of the dead starts to uh, filter through Eastwatch by the sea. And if last week's episode was any indication, they should be able to arrive at Winterfell in about 30 minutes.
1: Yeah. From now. From (laughs) right. (laughs) Right now. The time you're listening to this.
0: Yes. okay, Josh. And that is our rewatch of Game of Thrones.
1: Crazy. We did it.
0: We We did it. We did it. We did it and here we are and let's talk about what we're going to do next.
1: Yeah, because Game of Thrones doesn't come back until April 14th uh, and that is, you know, a little less than two weeks away at this point point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gives us a full week of absolutely no Game of Thrones content unless we do something about that. So why don't we do something
0: about All that? All right. So next week we will do our official Game of Thrones season eight preview. Uh, We'll do some drafting. We will do some Q&A as well. If you want to email us, got at postshowrecaps.com and we'll have some fun talking about what is going to be coming on Sunday night, April 14th.
1: Yes, please send us your Ravens. We would love to get your questions, your feedback, your theories, your predictions, as concise as humanly possible. Always is is certainly helpful for us as we collate everything. Uh, Please send that our way. GOT at postshowrecaps.com. You can tweet at myself. You can tweet at Rob. He's at Rob Sesternino, I'm at Round Howard. Uh, You can tweet to the official Post Show Recaps account at postshowrecaps. All of those are acceptable ways to get us your feedback. Postshowrecaps.com slash feedback is viable as well we would really love to hear from you guys who have been along the way with us here on winter was here as we close that out officially with our season eight preview with our final thoughts on the rewatch i'm sure we will get into some of that as well and then we will be in the final season proper and i think we've got some fun things planned for the final season coverage as well
0: Yeah, it's going to be a fun ride here in this home stretch. What a wonderful time to be alive here as we are going to all be experiencing these final six episodes of Game of Thrones together. Woohoo! All right. Of course, you can follow everything that Josh Wiggler is doing. And by golly, it is a lot. Head on over to com slash Game of Thrones to uh, read everything that Josh and all of the fine people over at THR are up to. Or you could follow Josh Wigler on Twitter. He's at Round Howard.
1: That's right. Uh, and if if you will allow me to pull a paraphrase here, Rob, to, to, to plug a, a different podcast, uh, there there is some more Game of Thrones podcasting shenanigans coming from yours truly and THR new podcast we're launching called Series Regular, where it's really it's just going to be me talking your ear off about Game of Thrones in a slightly more serious fashion than I tend to do here on this podcast. So if you like me talking about Game of Thrones, I suggest you give that a look give a give a quick perusal on your your podcast platform of choice for series regular by the Hollywood Reporter that is launching this Wednesday so keep an eye out for that
0: what do people do search for series regular in their favorite podcatcher of choice
1: that would be the way to do it we'll also have it linked at thr.com slash Game of Thrones on Wednesday so uh, that will be dropping on Wednesday morning you can seek it out that way the first episode it's a really quick Listen it's like 15 minutes long it's really Fast and it's the, the Goal is to just like explain What's the setup of where we're at In Game of Thrones right now as quickly as Humanly possible what are like the, the bare Essentials of what you need to know Going into the final season, if you don't want to read a ton of articles, if you don't want to go back and watch every single episode, who are the main, main, main characters? What are the stakes that they have facing them? And what are the great thematic stakes of the show? Uh, so all of that is wrapped up with some fun sound bites from uh, some poll quotes from the show along the way in a in a quick 15 minute package. So uh, exciting times if you want to give that a listen
0: all right the great josh wiggler thank you so much and thanks to everybody who listened to us and stayed with us through this entire rewatch we greatly appreciate it <laughs>
1: it's crazy yeah. I mean, we did this like almost every single week for like a year and a half yeah. it's and we got through
0: the long uh, yatas between the seventh season of game of thrones and uh ultimately the eighth so it was a uh, a great bridge across the uh, this gap between the seasons
1: it feels like it was 99 years right. since the last new episode of game of Thrones.
0: yes okay all right thank you guys so much for listening we'll be back next week with our season eight preview uh, believe it or not take care everybody have a good one bye